0: Consequence Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Spark Parade where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks ever so much for joining me this week. My guest is R&B singer Maida, who spoke to me about her spark, the Oscar-winning Tom Hanks starring Forrest Gump. No surprises there, right? Forrest Gump and R&B go together like bread and butter. But seriously, it's a fun little chat, and uh, if it's okay with you, we're just going to jump right on in. Quick Maida facts. Los Angeles-based Maida is an Indiana native who's Insane vocal prowess caught the attention of Rock Nation, to which she is now signed. She released her major label debut, Habits, in 2021, and her latest project, When I Hear Your Name, was released earlier this year. It was produced by Kate and includes features from artists like Lucky Day and Ty Dolla Sign. Pretty impressive. Quick Forrest Gump facts Forrest Gump is an epic comedy drama film directed by Robert Zemeckis and starring Tom Hanks, Robin Wright, Gary Sinise, Michael T. Williamson, and Sally Field. It's based on the 1986 novel of the same name by Winston Groom. It follows several decades in the life of a kind-hearted Alabama man named Forrest Gump and his experiences in the 20th century United States. The film was an enormous success at the box office, becoming the top-grossing film in the United States that year, and earning over $670 million worldwide during its theatrical run. Forrest Gump won six Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Actor for Hanks. And there you have it. Let's get down to business. Here comes my chat with Meta about Forrest Gump. Do you remember seeing Forrest Gump for the first time or being turned on to it?
2: I honestly don't even know when I first watched it. But I've been watching it, I don't even know when it came out, but I think a long time ago. But I've seen it since I was a kid. I remember watching on a plane and I cried. Every time it comes on, I cry. So I remember every time I see it. But if I ever need a good cry, that's what I turn on. But I I think I've just kind of seen it my whole life, you know? Like, that's one of those classic movies that you have to just watch at some point, whether you want to or not, you know? If you see it. But my whole life I've been watching it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of kind of everywhere. Um And you know obviously won a bunch of oscars um you know uh, a pretty big deal it's funny that it's like it started out as you know it was based on a book the book was not successful really yeah it took like over a decade i think like 11 years for the movie to get made it was just a real slow process nobody really wanted to to do it Tom Hanks and Robert Zemeckis who directed it had to like put tons of their own money into it to finish it because the studio didn't (laughs) didn't care about it and didn't think it was going to be anything so yeah it kind of took everybody by surprise which I guess is like you know part of the kind of underdog story of the the movie as well
2: oh wow I didn't even know any of that I didn't even know it was based off a book
0: yeah the book if you think The things that Tom Hanks gets put through or that uh, he comes across in the movie are crazy. In the book, Forrest Gump becomes an astronaut and goes into outer space, meets an orangutan, a a male orangutan called Sue, brings that orangutan back to Earth and ends up like spending his life with them. So, slightly different.
2: Oh my God. Yeah. I can t- I can definitely see that happen in the movie though.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, like, it, it, is this um, you know beyond just being something to make you cry? Do you uh, like? Is does it have special memories for you? Is there is there some significance in like? Uh, does it remind you of a specific time in your life or anything like that?
2: I think the thing that I love about it so much is that it shows unconditional love because basically, like, Forrest loved Jenny so much. And it's like she put her through, she put him through so much over years and years and years. He never forgot about her. They took their time away from each other. You know, he caught her naked on stage and carried her off stage and just loved her the same throughout. Even when she died, like he took care of their kid, you know, like it's just he loved her. And I just think that is so beautiful when somebody loves somebody that much. So I think that's what the movie just, it just hits me. And I've been in that place where I love somebody. They could do whatever they wanted. They could hurt me so bad and I would always have that same love for them. So I think that's what it is about that movie that just, ah, uh, it makes me cry. And he's like, I know what love is, Jenny. I may not be that smart. I don't even know the exact quote. Like I may not be that smart or whatever, but I know what love is. It's just so good.
0: That, that part of it as well, that it's like, For a lot of the movie, it's this kind of unrequited love, like Jenny keeps basically telling him to fuck off and just says like, you know, no, the the like we're friends, pushing him away. And sometimes there's like a little bit of something like, you know, sexual, uh, starting to have sex and uh, nothing happens and like this back and forth. And he's just always thinking about her and chasing her and she's kind of off doing her own thing and having her own life. Yeah, and and in that way I guess it's kind of like this one of those classic love stories that it's like one person being much more invested in the situation than the other and uh all that kind of stuff. Uh in addition to like just that central love story, was there anything about like the broader stuff, you know, the way he moves through the world and keeps meeting all these famous people and and that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah. I think that I love like he kind of just goes with the flow and takes life as it comes and I kind of feel like I'm the same way. You know, like I've accidentally been all over the world and accidentally met certain people that are in my life now f- for good. And just, I lo- I love his mindset because he kind of just did everything. He was open to anybody and anything. He was in the military. Then he started catching shrimp or whatever. You know, accidentally became like a millionaire. And then like did the running thing. Like he just did what he wanted and just kind of floated around earth. I don't think he had control. Like he, I mean, control over what he was doing, but... He just let life happen, and I love that. That's why the movie's also so entertaining because it just takes you so many different places and you meet so many different characters. But yeah, like, I don't know. And he was kind of just protected. There's this quote. My friend always quoted, it, like, God protects babies and dummies or something like that. And I'm not calling him dumb, but, like, he did some stupid stuff and somehow was just, like, okay, you know? Yeah. So it's just so entertaining, and I love that. And I really... there's people like that that's like they could do whatever and they'll they'll be good. So
0: (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But I just love his I don't even know if it's a mindset, but I just like how he lived his life. He just would do anything, you know?
0: And just had incredible luck as well. Like I i would like to accidentally become a millionaire. I'm just putting that out there.
2: I know. And then meet the president and like what did he say to the president?
0: Uh I have to pee. Is that right? Yeah, like
2: he said it like on TV or something. It was (laughs) just like what
0: Um that, the the running stuff, that was all, that wasn't in the book, that was just put in for the movie.
2: Oh, really? And
0: I read this article about a guy who's inspired by that movie, and he ran across the U.S. five times.
2: Five times?
0: Five times back and forth, not stopping for, like, years.
2: What the hell? I want to look that up. That reminds me of the girl that, like, swam to Cuba or something, but it's like a do you not Like, how much time do you have on your hands? Just, I mean, I guess that's how life is. You just have time. But, wow, five times? Like, not even just one time.
0: Yeah. I think his mom died or something, and it was, like, you know, a time in his life when big changes were happening and whatever. But, yeah. They showed him, like, eating whole boxes of donuts. He just had to, like, keep his calorie count up because he was just running all the time. So
2: he didn't even stop.
0: No. I mean, you know, probably he slept and (laughs) went to the bathroom and that kind of stuff but yeah and i guess you know that's a sign of how many people have been influenced by this movie and touched by it that um you know he like people made the comparison between him running like that and forrest gump and he's like yeah that's that's where i got it from i wonder
2: if anybody chased him like they chased forrest do you know if they did or no like you know how people were running with him
0: i don't know yeah I, i don't think so but it, it is like, it's such a particular thing. I don't know uh, that a lot of people would just be like, yes, drop everything. I'm going to go running across the country with you. <laughs> but yeah. Who who knows? Maybe there are those people yeah. out there. Yeah. Huh.
2: I remember Mike Posner did like a walk across the U.S., but mm. I don't think I was inspired by that either.
0: I mean, that's probably more what I can imagine myself doing. Walking for a very long distance, fine. Running back and forth across the country, no, I don't have that energy.
2: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Time for a quick break, because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here, but we'll be right back. But all of those, like, uh, all the famous people that he meets and stuff, that was another thing that was big about this movie is the advances in CGI and and special effects that,
2: you know,
0: at the time, making you know, dead people say things in conversations with Tom Hanks and stuff was like a big deal. I've just rewatched this movie last night. That's one aspect that doesn't really hold up that well. It's like the mouth is kind of off to one side and not quite in the right place on people's faces. It's like, you can probably do better things now on your phone, but...
2: <laughs> oh my God, totally. All these AI things. Mm. They can make a whole movie with that.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure... People have done things that are more convincing on their phone. But that stuff and, like, the stuff with um, Lieutenant Dan having, hit, you know, after his legs are amputated.
2: Oh, yeah. I always wondered how they did that.
0: Some of it was CGI. And then there's this magician named Ricky J, who he just died last year or the year before. Who's this big magician. He used to do shows in Vegas and stuff. And they hired him to make a wheelchair with, like, a some kind of trick thing to it so that Gary Sinise could, like, put his legs into it and it would make him look like he didn't have legs.
2: Oh. But
0: apparently it was really, really painful to sit in and he could only sit in it for, like, 10 minutes at a time. So a lot of it is green screen, which, you know, seems like probably a more comfortable way to go about it.
2: Do you know how long it took for them to shoot that whole movie? And also where did they shoot it? Like, when they did, like, the war scenes, do you know where they did those?
0: The shooting the location it was all in south carolina i think or mostly in south carolina but you know there are certain parts of it where he's you know when he's running across the u.s there's obviously different locations but most of it was shot in south carolina and they did like the war scenes and stuff all there and they were talking about like different moments being shot in the same place so like When Jenny is on the balcony and, like, thinking that, you know, she's almost going to jump off, that is the same balcony that they used, you know, the bit where, like, Lieutenant Dan is thinking back through all of, or like uh, all of his relatives who've all died in wars. They show every single one of them. All of that was filmed on that same balcony.
2: Seriously?
0: Yeah. So it just kind of shows you like when people want to kind of rein in the budget a little bit, you can use the same set over and over again for different things. And it just looks like a completely different place. Ah. Mm. Yeah. It's really cool. Wow. Yeah. That's
2: cool to know. I'm going to watch it back and then like know all these things.
0: Um... But yeah, also the effect that this movie had on Tom Hanks' career and life and the fact that I think he's still only one of two actors who have won Oscars back to back like he won for Philadelphia the year before. And it like, you know, he started out being kind of a comic actor and was known for being kind of goofy And then these two movies shifted everything, and he became this, like, very serious actor and a huge, huge star.
2: That's crazy, because I don't see him as being funny. Like, I think another reason I love him so much is that he looks slightly like my dad, so Mm -hmm. I just have that, like, even more emotional. But I can't see him being funny. Every time he's tried to be funny, I feel like I haven't laughed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe I shouldn't say that, but I just see him as, like, an emotional, serious kind of guy.
0: Well, two... Fun facts for you. First of all, Sally Field, who played his mom in Forrest Gump, he was in a movie with her called Punchline a couple of years before Forrest Gump, where they were both playing stand-up comics and they were love interests in that. Oh, I know. She's only ten years older than him, so it was a stretch for him to be playing her, his uh, for her to be playing his mom. But that's one thing. The second thing is one of the first things that Tom Hanks did was being in a TV show called Bosom Buddies, where. He wanted, it's such a, like, ridiculous premise, but there was something about, like, there's a women's boarding house where it was really cheap to live there, and Tom Hanks and one of his friends wanted to live there, so they, like, dress in drag and pretend to be women to be able to live in this women's dorm. And it lasted for a couple of years.
2: But was he well-known around that time, or was Forrest Gump the thing that kind of, like, set him off?
0: He, he'd been in a lot of comic movies and was like reasonably famous. Um, And then Philadelphia was the movie that really made him a huge star because he won an Oscar for that. And then this was the next year. So from then on, you know, he also he made something like 40 million dollars off of Forrest Gump because he put a bunch of money into it. But instead of getting a salary, he got a percentage of the gross.
2: Oh, smart.
0: Yeah. Smart
2: business move.
0: Right. I guess if you can afford to put a couple million dollars up front then you know it's a risk you can take
2: and uh, isn't there a whole thing about how they didn't hire an actor so what like i guess did he have like autism like what was his
0: i think that that's kind of one of the criticisms of the movie is that it's all just like oh no he's just a simple man there's no like they say he has an iq of 75 or something which is like you know Some kind of developmental disability, but it's never framed in that way. It's just like, no, he's not the smartest man. But, um, so they don't ever really talk about it, I don't think. But, you know, I I think this is another movie that, you know, has a real, uh, hold on people. People who love it have that same kind of feeling about it that it's just this you know, source of joy that it's like this very uh affirming, life affirming thing. And it sounds like, you know, you're you're probably in, in that camp. Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: Yeah. One hundred percent.
0: Yeah. It's um something that I think uh, you know, again, because the book didn't do very well and there were so many Like, the odds were against it that the idea that it would have been this successful is, like...
2: But I think it's just, I don't know, seeing it, you fall in love with the characters. The scene at the graves, I sob. There was this one time I was at a hotel, and I was in the best mood ever, but that scene came on, and I just... It's like I can't control it. I just start sobbing. Another reason I love it is because I'm always trying to figure out the meaning of life. And even my sister today, we're talking about whether we think that things are coincidences or if everything happens for a reason... I'm a Pisces and I daydream all day. So I just all I do is think about the meaning of life all the time. So when he at the end, when he's talking about something about he doesn't know if life is basically like destined or if we're just kind of floating all over the place or if it's a little bit of both. And that's that, ugh, just seeing a seeing a man cry and just be so honest and vulnerable. I just saw him. But yeah, that's another reason. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out what life is all the time. Yeah. And I never will. That's the other thing. It's like I'm going to be thinking myself to death. But whatever.
0: It's a pretty uh, big issue to tackle. So Um, the one other thing that I feel like you need to know is that they were almost going to make a sequel to Forrest Gump. And some of the things that they were going to have in the sequel are wild. Like what? They were going to have give his son AIDS so that they could show that kids don't want to sit by him because they're scared of getting AIDS in school. (laughs) They were going to have him ending up in O.J. Simpson's white Ford Bronco when he's being chased on the highway. Um, They were going to make him a ballroom dancer. They were going to make him dance with Princess Diana. So maybe it is for the best that it didn't happen.
2: I know, because I'm wondering, would I want a sequel of that? Like, would that be good or not? 'Cause at some point it's like, okay, this man is too lucky. I don't believe anymore, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I would have wanted I don't think I want a sequel of that.
0: No, yeah. And it didn't like after nine eleven they felt like the world had changed and people weren't going to be into uh that kind of idea as as much anymore. Um, so they kind of gave up on it. But you've got one movie. I think sometimes not everything needs a sequel.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um,
0: I think that is a, a lovely note to finish on. I want to let you get back to uh, your family. Tell them I appreciate you making time for me. And tell yourself, I appreciate you making time for me.
2: Thank you very much. <laughs> I love talking about this movie. Have me back one day. I'll pick a new movie and we can talk about something else.
0: Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Thanks again to Maida for chatting with me. Her latest project, When I Hear Your Name, is out right now. Okay. Quick spark of the week from me. There's a book called London Storefronts that came out this week, and it's about, you guessed it, London storefronts. It's a book of illustrations by Joel Holland of storefronts from all corners of the city, and each of the illustrations is accompanied by a caption and a little bit of history about each shop. Um he released an NYC storefronts book last year that is equally good. And as a former Londoner and current New Yorker, I can tell you that these books give you a lovely little taste of lots of different aspects of both cities. So check them both out if you too are a lover of London and or New York. And that's about it. Please follow me on social media at Spark Parade. And please, please do something with your week that does not include pumpkin spice. See if that's even possible anymore. I really don't know if it is. And until next time... Bye.